hope you had a great Easter Passover Ramadan weekend. I mean, what a what a big month this is here in April of 2022. It's definitely been feeling more and more like a forward movement for humanity to gather together and celebrate time spent actually face to face without the use of phones or screens or social media memes. Spring can definitely draw us outdoors with all its beauty and full bloom. It's so enticing, in fact, that we'd risk dealing with our allergies, I know I have, just to take in her splendor. There can also be some concern with gatherings in light of the recent number of violent attacks that have been done on society, for sure. It's a very, very challenging time. With the seemingly endless shifts and changes that continue to unfold as we move through historical, a historical port in time, it can be stressful. And that's what I want to talk about today. Asking ourselves, am I addicted to stress? I know that sounds crazy, right? Let's go ahead and talk about that. But before we do, hi. My name is Dr. Kelly Ray. I'm a mindset coach, counselor, notably known as the inner critic tamer, and I am passionate about helping others just like you and me who have survived things perhaps we don't like to talk about, but we know we want to do better for ourselves because it's good for our kids and their kids to come and for ourselves. I'm obsessed with teaching others how to tame their inner critic that inner childhood conditioning, or as I'd like to say, undo that crap that happened to you and continue to keep you somewhat stuck and teach you how to heal from it in order to live the vibrant life that you were designed to do. And during this episode, we're going to be talking about being addicted to stress, indicators that can lead to it, and how to stop it from hindering your vibrant life and health. Excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry about that. All right, so let's get into this business of stress and whether you're addicted to it or not. Look, I get it. Nobody wants to admit they have a problem with something, but it's interesting to witness a shift once someone is willing to acknowledge they struggle with something. There's something about giving yourself permission to admit it that allows us the opportunity to shift. However, On the contrary, if we continue to deny and ignore that something else besides ourselves controls us, things continue to control us. For example, this could be related to food, exercise, sex, gambling, drugs, addiction, and yes, even stress. So let's look at what stress addiction is signs to look out for, and how to cope with it. With work, school, taking care of others and ourselves and responsibilities that pile up, life can feel stressful. Feeling stressed out could even become a natural state of being for many of us. Busy can actually become the addiction that we have. Just the fact that we keep ourselves so ridiculously busy. Yes, yes it's true. You can stress your own self out and not even be aware that you're doing that. So what is stress addiction? It can be defined as a reoccurring pattern of seeking out situations 
or behaving in ways that increase stress, even when you're distressed, aware of the potential consequences and want to stop. According to Michael J. McGrath, a psychiatrist who's board certified in addiction and the medical director of Ohana Addiction Treatment Center located on the Big Island of Hawaii, he says stress addiction isn't a clinical diagnosis but it's still possible to become addicted to stress or stressful situations. You may be wondering, why does stress become addictive? And the short answer is, the chemicals in the brain, including stress hormones, are stimulated. Stressful feeling triggers the stress hormone, cortisol, and the happy hormone, dopamine. These chemicals are related to mood and can cause a person to feel happy, which explains why they might seek out situations. For example, think about hearing some juicy gossip that's a secret. It's exciting to know that you could be learning something that nobody else knows. You have the in on something. This excitement draws out surges of that dopamine and cortisol in the brain, which can cause a person to feel happy. Is it any wonder why reality TV shows and extreme sports are so enticing? They trigger these chemicals in your brain. The surge of these hormones from engaging in an activity like gossip, for example, and how they make a person feel can cause us to seek out more of these types of situations. I mean, just think about how crazy it is that people get all hooked on, let's say, Jerry Springer or Maury Povich or something like that, where it's real drama-inducing. Those are triggering those chemical hormones. The feelings brought on by these surges of dopamine and cortisol in the brain quite often cause people to repeat the behaviors over and over again to get that quote-unquote hit. A stress addiction could also stem from growing up in a household where stress levels were high at all times. As an adult, stress could be a quote-unquote comfortable, natural state for you to exist in, even if it's uncomfortable and unhealthy. The more stress we're used to growing up with, the harder it is to have a less stress as an adult. It's a required conscious effort to change this behavior. If continued, it becomes a high that we crave. And when we're not stressed, we might even get stressed about that. Before we go on, some might think, well, I don't get stressed. I just worry. And I'm here to tell you, it's the same thing. It triggers the same chemical hormone responses. So now, let's talk about what stress addiction looks like. Signs that you might be dependent on the feelings you get from stress include engaging in behaviors that may be harmful or have unwanted consequences, or seeking out activities or putting yourself in situations that are stressful, feeling bored unless you're under stress, enjoying drama and seeking it out, continuing to put yourself in stressful situations despite experiencing physical symptoms 
such as aches, pains, heart racing, high blood pressure, muscle tension, digestive problems, etc. Some other things that you might do are saying yes when you wish that you would say no or lacking self-care and time spent keeping yourself well. Experiencing physical pains as mentioned earlier, back, neck pain, muscle tension, stomach pain, headaches, etc. Being unable to remember the last time you weren't stressed. Stress and addiction can share similar physical symptoms as well, such as high blood pressure, feeling mentally and physically fatigued, insomnia or sleep challenges, and even withdrawal symptoms. At this point, you might be asking yourself, how do I know if I'm addicted to stress? Fantastic. I'd love for us to talk about that now. Excuse me. If you're wondering whether or not you're stressed or addicted to it, ask yourself the following questions. Can I stop the behavior? If you feel like you can't, this could mean you feel dependent on those feelings you get from stressful situations. Ask, what happens when I stop? Do you feel sad or anxious or bored when you're not in a stressful situation? Assessing your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors when you think about stopping or trying to stop could help you determine this. Consider also reflecting on your answers to these questions. How balanced is my life? Do I feel like I've lost time from constantly stressing? What beliefs do I have around stress, productivity, resting? Do I surround myself with people who are constantly stressed as well? Another term for that would be always busy, always having to be somewhere, always having to do something, that it's always barely squeezing time in for each other. I know you know what that is. Can we just take a minute here and reflect back on our lives and see where maybe we put ourselves in stress's way? I think it bears admitting that I've definitely put myself in stress's way numerous times. I have definitely stressed myself out over needlessly countless times over the years. Hell, some of the stress was totally avoidable, but I did it anyway. When my relationship was falling apart, I dive into my work. I work overtime. I try extra hard to be the great employee. And do you know what the results were from that? Yep, I'm sure you guessed it, more stress. But I also created more feelings of unworthiness, insignificance, and judgment. None of which was coming from anywhere other than inside of me. Because my relationship was falling apart and I didn't know how to fix it, I tried doing it with work. And yet all those original feelings of feeling unworthy, insignificant, and judgy followed me along, unchanged, and still resulting in stress. I'll let you in on a little something. I quite often justified this stress as 
Well, that's just life. And today I'd ask myself, is it, is it really just life? Or is there more to life than this? Stress began to affect two areas of my life. And because I was feeling stressed, I found myself doing less physical movement and more eating. These intensified the feelings resulting in weight gain, depression, and more of the aforementioned feelings. Let's take this a step further. You need to get this stress off your chest so you go talk to your friend. And you commiserate over your collective stresses over coffee and after a while you feel better. But ultimately, do nothing to effectively change the outcome long term. So, in other words, you momentarily feel a little less stress, but then you might be gossiping during the time, so that kind of brings up that happy hormone in there. And at the end of the day, nothing's really changed when you go back to work, you go back to that unhealthy relationship, you go back to that inner dialogue that happens in your head that maybe has you doubting yourself or questioning what you're doing with your life, all of that. None of that's changed. Although this is only one example of stress, the fact is this is happening to so many of you right now this very minute. I'd also like to share some further signs that you might be addicted to stress. One, you feel guilty when you try to relax. Perhaps you learned somewhere very early on that to relax is a sign of laziness And therefore, even if you want to chill for a moment, there's something deeper in you that makes you feel like crap if you do. Two, you have a hard time getting into vacation mode. In fact, if you do take a vacation, it takes a good day or two before you actually feel like you're on vacation to disconnect and relax. And dare I say, towards the end of that vacation, let's say you take a week off, the last day, maybe two before it's time for vacation to wrap up, you start already thinking about your quote unquote going back to normal life again and stress starts again. Three, you spend your days off thinking about work. Come on, admit it. You woke up on Sunday morning already stressed about having to go to the work on Monday. It's okay. We're friends here. We can admit that to one another. Four, you set arbitrary deadlines. You put yourself under pressure by setting difficult or impossible deadlines. You say it's because you need to push yourself, and I'm saying it's a form of stress addiction. Trust me, I'm all for setting goals, deadlines, and whatnot, but not to the point of killing yourself. Holding yourself accountable is one thing, but stressing yourself out is another. Five. Last-minute pressure turns you on. Okay, maybe not actually turn you on, but you tend to leave things for the last minute. You feel you work your best with tight deadlines. I know for myself, I've been guilty of this. I always think I can squeeze one more thing in, and then by then, I'm rushing off because I'm behind. Craziness, right? How many of you do this? Six. Overload your agenda. This definitely piggybacks off that last one. 
You cannot keep up with so many responsibilities, but believe if you don't, who will? You tend to take on too much. This leads into this next one, number seven. There never seems to be enough time to do everything. You are constantly running from one thing to another. You hurry everywhere because you have so much to do. You might even feel you don't have time to stop for lunch. I know this is one can be true for parents who have kids that have extracurricular activities. This can be a vicious loop if not maintained in balance, both for parents and for the kids. Remember, we're modeling behavior and our kids are watching all of this. And if we're stressing ourselves out and doing all of this, they may in their minds think, I don't want to do that when I grow up, but there's a good possibility that they will just automatically slip into that pattern because it's a behavior that they've been watching their whole life. Number eight, you don't know how to do nothing. You get bored easily when it seems you have nothing to do. You don't know how to simply be and do nothing. You also find it uncomfortable to have to wait for someone. Thank God we have our adult pacifiers, our phones, to distract us if we have to wait on anything or anyone. Number nine, you often feel, excuse me, irritated. (laughs) You easily get peeved by certain situations or people. It ruffles your feathers when you think you things aren't as you would like them to be. You think being busy and under pressure is part of your way of being. That is why you put stress as an excuse when you get mad or frustrated. Number 10, you tend to attract drama. You might say, I don't know, I don't do anything, but drama just seems to find me. When you want to disconnect or take time off, something comes up. You feel a victim of circumstances and those around you. You feel that you must take care of everything if you want things to get done right. You also feel others can't get along if you're not there to fix everything. In fact, You've conditioned others to depend on you, and then when they do, you get upset because why can't they handle it themselves? I am off for crying out loud. It seems that you always have a problem or stress of some kind, but maybe you're not the victim, but the cause. Ouch. I know that stings a little bit. It certainly did for me when I realized it. Number 11, you complain a lot. You love telling others how busy you are, how hard your life is. So you complain about your job, your family, your life in general. You have a hard time seeing the positive aspects or brush it off as that's just life. Because somewhere deep within you, life is supposed to be hard. Number 12, You think the reward will be greater if you suffer now. You live for the future when everything will be better. You think that working hard now, even at the expense of your happiness, will bring greater rewards later. Actually, you don't know how to enjoy the present moment and what you have already achieved. You think it's worth bartering yourself and suffering 
now in order to be happy later on. I don't know about you, but I'm no longer a gambler on this one. The odds are never stacked in your favor until you give up the notion that it has to be this way. Number 13, you don't remember what makes you happy. You've been on the hamster wheel so long that you've forgotten what you're passionate about, what you like, and what makes you truly happy. This can also happen when your kids have reached their teenage years and young adulthood. You've poured so much of yourself into them and their happiness that you may have inadvertently put your desires and or passions on the back burner. And it can now trigger feelings of stress, anxiety, sadness, and maybe even boredom. Number 14. You worry that you might be missing something. You suffer from the FOMO syndrome, the fear of missing out on something. That is why you're hooked on your phone and social media, overloading your agenda with events to attend. It stresses you to disconnect your phone, your computer, or even checking your messages. Number 15, you have a hard time disconnecting at night. It is difficult for you to fall asleep because of all the things you have on your mind. You brood over what's gone wrong at work, what still needs to be done, and feeling stressed because there's just not enough time in the day, doggone it. This list could go on and on, but I think you get the point. In fact, I know there's some of you right now listening to this that are sheepishly smiling or nodding your head because some or all of these resonate with you. It's okay. We're friends here. And there's no shame in recognizing and seeing ourselves in any of this. I also know there's some of you who want to know how to get off this crazy roller coaster ride of stress. And we're going to talk about that right now. The first step to improving any situation is by first recognizing where there may need, be a need for improvement. With regards to today's topic of stress, I'm going to encourage you to pay more attention to how you behave throughout your day. This is going to require you to be consciously present, meaning being here and now, not here, but in your head somewhere else. When you get caught in that state of, I'm so busy, you need to stop for a moment. Take a couple of long, slow, deep breaths from your belly. Look around and absorb what surrounds you. Then evaluate what are you doing and why are you doing it. Everything is not an ER, this is a matter of life and death scenario. Yet we operate from that so often. Are you clear about your priorities? Consider what your priorities are. What place does your well-being occupy? What position do your, does your happiness and fun have? Where do your loved ones fit in? Prioritize and plan your work. Do you think you're too busy to plan your work? Well, you're actually so busy because you don't take the time to assess which are the most important issues and plan the corresponding task. 
Remember, busy is not the same as productive. Your wheels could be spinning, but are you actually going anywhere? Check your agenda. Take a look at your schedule with a critical eye. How much time do you reserve for the important things in your life? Before you can answer that, are you clear on what are the important things in your life? Now look at your schedule. What do the different commitments really contribute to your life? Are there commitments you have made out of fear of missing out on something? Are there commitments you said yes to when you really wanted to say no to? If you tend to overload your agenda with obligations, block time to take care of yourself. Look, it's real easy to block time slots for breaks to take care of yourself, to meet friends, for leisure activities, and to do absolutely nothing. I know that's kind of a a novel concept, right? I mean, it seems really good in theory. It seems like something we want, yet we don't do that. Why? It's part of the stress addiction. Look, one of the greatest things COVID gave us during the spring of 2020 was an opportunity to reprioritize our busy lives. Yes, things drastically changed. And sometimes that's the absolute perfect moment to evaluate your priorities. Is your health, happiness, and sense of well-being at the forefront of your living these days? Or are you still stressfully trying to juggle it all? If you're in the latter area, then let's you and I have a conversation about that. Especially if that's not where you want to be. You and I can, we can make some shifts there. Check your obligations. Check if you have too many obligations and commitments. What does each of them do for you? Are they really important or necessary? Are there things you can stop doing or do less often? Do you have trouble saying no? Consider if part of your overload is because you have a hard time saying no to requests. Think about your well-being and your priorities before making a promise or commitment. Learn to be assertive and decline requests or invitations. Trust me, others will be okay if you say no. Do not feel guilty for making yourself a priority. And again, if you do, then may I suggest scheduling some time with me so we can work through this one. So you can have some more time in your day and feel less guilty or shameful. Turn off this self-critical voice. I often think of this as the inner critic. If you've been following me for any length of time, I always refer to that as that inner critic. That inner critic that, you know, thinks that they're trying to keep us safe and warn us or maybe even just kind of being nasty and generating those feelings and thoughts of self-doubt. Do you feel guilty when you fail to do everything you have planned? Do you have a bad conscience if you do not do anything? If your inner critic overly demanding of you and make you feel guilty, if you define yourself by how busy you are, 
it is logical that you feel guilty when you do nothing or things that seem to be non-productive. But I'm going to ask you to consider for a second that leisure and fun are actually also productive. They help improve your well-being, your happiness, and your relationships. Are you avoiding something? Consider this. When one has the feelings of going at full speed to nowhere, it may be time to consider many issues, some of which are likely to result and feel painful. But I would argue that it's better to work through that painfulness so that it just doesn't continue to hinder and hold us back from our life. It's like driving a car with a flat tire. It's, it's going to actually ruin the car if you continue to operate it that way. And, and you've got too much vibrant living to do. So I say pull over and let's repair that tire. Meaning repair those addictiveness to stress and that way of living so that you can have more fun, more vibrant living, more time to do the things and maybe the dreams that you've always wanted to do. Gotta make some room for that. Ask yourself if you could keep busy so you don't have to face fears and worries. While you're occupied, you will not be alone with yourself and your thoughts. You do not have to think about and face your problems or concerns. It's a great way to avoid it, just staying busy, but is it? However, as long as we do not face our problems, there will continue to be more stress and less time for happiness or joy or peace. This is why I encourage you to be honest with yourself. If there's something you're avoiding, then we need to look at that. We need to work through that. What is needed to resolve that concern or that problem? If it's money, that's one of the easiest things to fix. But so often when options are shared on how to have more money or reduce our debt, they are dismissed or poo-pooed because it's easier to hang on to your stress. It's easier to complain about how broke you are. It's easier to talk about how, you know, the bills just keep piling up. I know this. I was there. It's a mind shift and it's not just about positive affirmation or positive thinking. It's about taking real vital action to switch and change that to where that's no longer holding you back from living vibrantly. Learn to enjoy the present moment and the journey. When you are all hyper or stressed through life, we can miss many things. We'll pay more attention to the problems and the negative things. We'll always be working in crisis mode. Have you ever noticed that about the government? Oh my goodness. It's like they literally have to wait until something becomes a big problem before then we take action to try to fix it. And how many times has that fix ever been really beneficial? Take that and turn that inward on your own life. When has that been a successful way of being? There may have been moments where it worked out really well, 
But overall, I'm going to say probably not, but it's become a habit or a behavior or a pattern that we just continue to do and think we have no other options. Take a moment to enjoy the greenery of the trees, the sunsets, birds chirping, squirrels playing. Pay attention to the people you're around. Give a smile, hug someone. We are so touch deprived. We've gotten to where we don't even know if we can compliment someone or if a smile is considered unpleasant or offensive. We're humans. We're designed for connection. It's a human basic need. There are many small things we can do to get off this hamster wheel of stress fill. One of the other ones is disconnect. Learn to disconnect from work, the computer, the phone. If necessary, establish times for disconnection in which you will not look at your phone. The less you check social media, the less you will feel the need to look at it. I know many will argue with me on this one, claiming they don't look at it that much. And I encourage you to actually track your time throughout the day. Yep. Keep an old-fashioned log or spreadsheet of some kind and write down the time that you start looking at your phone or social media and then the time you stop. Then I want you to calculate the accumulative of it for just one week to see whether you truly use it too much or not. It will definitely shed some light on why there's not enough time in the day to get everything done. Take care of yourself. It's proven that physical exercise helps reduce stress levels. There are endless physical activities for all states, uh, not states, taste, needs, and physical conditions. From a simple walk to a spinning class, from yoga to CrossFit, from Pilates to Zumba, from a mountain excursion to rock climbing. Hell, just purely walking around your neighborhood, if it's safe. If not, go to a safe neighborhood and walk around. If you do not know what you like, set out to try some new things until you find something that works for you and relaxes you. Maybe it's time to go take that dance class. Maybe it's time to go do that free yoga or qigong in the park. Go try it. It may not be your thing, but you don't know if you don't go and do that. And may I remind you that crashing and burning out emotionally is not taking care of yourself. That's actually rather abuse of you of you to do to yourself. Okay, let's start wrapping up this episode. But before we do, have you recognized yourself in some of these symptoms? Have you noticed that maybe you're caught up in a vicious cycle? What will you do to get out of it and reduce the stress in your life? I can share that although you may have been on this roller coaster ride of stressness for years, I can tell you <clears throat> it doesn't take years to shift that ride. Working with others from around the globe, we as humans carry many common threads and stress is definitely one of them. And what I've seen over the years working with these individuals is that they are truly successful because of their willingness to shift and change 
their behavior. It's not a one and done, I'll go try and yeah, I scheduled some time off for myself. It felt really good, but then I got back on the hamster wheel and ran again and I don't take another day off until six months from now. That's not the kind of shift and change of behavior we're talking about. We're talking about creating new ways of living in order to be happier, healthier, joyful, peaceful, and living vibrantly. How I often help is helping these clients and just like you undo the tethering that keeps you harnessed to the same way of doing things. We undo that tethering, create new habits, and then you're off on a more vibrant life. It's so exciting and it's really so simple and it's a matter of accountability. It's a matter of follow through. It's a matter of consistency. So let's get to some final thoughts here. If you're feeling burnt out and blaming it on your job, understand that's where you're choosing to focus the blame. Burnout is just one sign of stress addiction. Maybe now is the time you go a little deeper than that and address the addiction. And if the word addiction is a trigger for you, then consider habit, behavior, or pattern as a substitute. I'd love to help you undo that, but it requires you to get in touch with me, which I'll share ways that you can do that. And if in the meantime you found this episode or any of the others I've done helpful, would you be so kind to subscribe and share with others? Because together with your help, we can make a significant difference in the lives of others around us. Lastly, here's ways that you can connect with me. I'm on Instagram at Ask Dr. Kelly Ray. Kelly Ray is spelled K-E-L-L-Y-R-A-E. I'm at Facebook, Dr. Kelly Ray B, B is in brown. My website is drkellyray.com and my email is drkellyray at gmail.com. And until next week, please know I send you so much much love.